0: So good to have you here today. How many were here last Wednesday? Yeah, that was a good service. I, I mean, I got to stay up and tag team with PK, didn't know that was going to happen, but uh, it turned out real well. And uh, I told her, I said, Well, it just means I have to schedule you again. <laughs> so, God is so good. I'm just so thankful for the direction we're having. Everything is moving up in the scale. Uh, 180 youth has taken off and a lot of students are just showing up there and that's growing Uh, Men's group is growing women's group will be growing and uh, We're just growing and we want to keep growing and I have people ask me, you know Hey, when are we going to go to the nine o'clock service and I know you ask But when we start putting out these wings and we get another 40 people or so that are consistent regular We'll jump to that nine o'clock service and then when those fill up We'll add another one and we'll just keep doing what God tells us to do. And we're gonna talk a little bit about that stuff in this message, but I'm starting a series today on finances. And don't leave, we've locked the doors. <laughs> <So> <laughs> but I want you to know what God says about money, not what Brett says about money. This isn't gonna be PBology. Uh, I want it to be so that you see what the scripture says And when you see what God says and and it changes your heart How many knows the word is just so so life changing? It'll change your heart So uh, it's not everybody's favorite subject The world doesn't like it Especially when churches talk about money or politics But we need to be involved I mean, you know there needs to be a voice john the baptist he cried out in the wilderness and he was like boom hey let's let's take care of business and he paved the way before jesus got there and i think we're in a in a season where the christians need to be starting to be more like john the baptist let's just say the way of the lord let's just start declaring you know i i uh, i went to scott this morning and because it's been on my heart and uh, <clears throat> he wasn't feeling well yesterday. Did the word the kingdom? He's back today, hundred percent. He's like, I am completely healed, and and so that's great. Well, we had about fifteen guys at men's breakfast yesterday, and I got to to meet uh, some new fellas, and I mean, they've been coming here just fairly recently, and and I just I really enjoyed talking with them, and you know, just kind of, hey, how are you? What's life? What's going on? And. And uh, so then I you know, I can pray effectively that the Lord just blessed their lives and so I told Scott, I said, We're gonna stretch the stakes a little bit. So what? I said, So I want men's breakfast to not only have the food but then I want us to come into the auditorium, and maybe there's some men here that have a great testimony. So I said, you might want to talk to Paul. Paul, you might want to see Scott. <laughs> Paul's got a good testimony. But man, there's other men that, you know, we'll give them a, a little bit, a few moments on that Saturday to share what the Lord has done in their life and, and to speak into some other man's life to say, look, if God did it for me, he's no respecter of persons. He'll do it for you. Or, we'll, you know, whatever that is, and then pray for one another and then send them off on that Saturday. But I don't know about you, but... I came to do business with God. I came to do some things that are going to change our lives so that we can we can be like, man, this has never been like this before. I don't know about you, but this is what I sense in the room. People are glad to be at church. They're, they're glad to be at church because you are learning something and you are applying it and, and it's happening because the kingdom never lies. I say the kingdom never lies. The word of God is always true. Truth will set you what? Free. So we're going to talk about some money. Um, we need to know what the word says. So I want to be able to show you prosperity as well as financial stewardship on What to do and how to do now. I am not saying that I'm an expert on everything. So let me get that out of the way Have you ever made mistakes? <laughs> yes Kim and I were bankrupt when we were first married it wasn't long after we were married. I know what that's like we were on welfare I know what that's, I've, I've been down that road, friend. People say, well, if you go bankrupt, it'll be on your record for seven years. It's on for 10, so you know. Uh, and uh, so, you know, we went through all of that stuff. We we know what it's like to go, hey, boy, the popcorn's really good tonight, babe. What are we having tomorrow? Popcorn again, great. You know, Texas round steak, bologna. You've heard of it, yeah. Yeah, we've, we've been there, done that. We were... God was still showing us what to do and how to do it, and bought a wonderful house that was just amazing. We basically moved in, put stuff up on the wall didn't have to do anything. It was one of her favorite houses moved in, and God closed it supernaturally. We were in that house in about thirty days, maybe even a little less. It was crazy, awesome, but you know we weren't out of the out of the sand yet we had the uh, The truck that gives the cheese and whatever that truck is, you know, all that. They they were showing up. The neighbors were having the Schwan guy show up. but Not us. We were getting Cheerios and cheese and and all of that. But uh, God showed us what to do and how to to do it. And uh, so we became students of the word. We became, God, I want to see how that works. I don't want to hear about it. I want to see it in my life. Are you there today? Do you want to see some things in your life? You will have to put your hand to it. I will say, there is not a magic genie in heaven that comes down and nobody's going to go boink, bum, 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 bum. That's not happening. (laughs) you got to put your hand to it. (laughs) But to be prosperous, you need to be a good steward. The word steward means that you are managing the financial affairs of another person. Father, in Jesus' name, as we dive into your word today, I thank you, God, for uh, clarity. And, and unity, and, and I thank you, Lord, that you'll show us ways to be the way you want us to be in Jesus' name. So the key to biblical prosperity is God's way. Everybody say God's way. Amen. And so you need to start looking at yourself as a steward, not an owner. Now, the, it's, I get it. Teaching on finances has been abused in the past, and it hasn't been taught correctly according to the word. And people automatically think, especially if they're not trying to go after God, or if they're in the secular and the earth curse system, the world, and that's all, you know, some people just go legalistically, and I go to church because it makes me look good, or that kind of thing, that's not what we're talking about, we're talking about relationship, talking about doing things like that, but it hasn't been always taught correctly, and so they think that if the preacher's talking about money, he's just doing it to line his pockets or the church's. See how quiet that is? We've had people that got on Facebook. If you're a preacher, has a better house than you, you know where all the money's going. You know, there, all kinds of things come out. But you know, he's just doing this for a gimmick. If you give this much, we'll do this. We'll do, I don't do gimmicks. Uh, I just don't. I just am up front. Here's what we need. Here's what we're doing. Here's what we're doing. This was cost, and so. But if you think I'm teaching you for finances so it will line my pockets or the churches, you need a reality check. Um, you've been deceived and you've bought the enemy's lies, don't drink the Kool-Aid, I don't know how else I can tell you. Um, You need to know the word, and so I want to teach you the word because they need to know it's God's will that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. That includes everything you put your hand to. That includes your finances. And uh, the number one religious person... They criticize because, again, they think it's greed-based. This is just greed. And they'll use Scripture, 1 Timothy 6.10, The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. And I agree with the Scripture. I'm not going to disagree with Scripture because I agree that the love of money is the root of all evil. The Word says, it means basically, if you love money, you can be bought. In other words, if the price goes up high enough, Everything has a price and you can be bought according to that theology. You're, you'll cast principles aside, convictions aside. But let me just explain: money in itself is not evil. The love of money, or that is the root, that is evil. So you need to understand what the word is saying. The people that don't have money, they spend a good chunk of their time thinking about money. I wish they, you know, I wish we had this, I wish this. Chasing money, praying for money, desiring money, begging for money. And honestly, they could have more, but they're poor managers of what they have. Do you understand what I'm saying? There's sometimes, it doesn't mean they're bad people. Kim and I were poor managers at different times. We started calculating. I remember us looking at, hey, did you know we spent X amount of dollars eating out this week? And you might say, well, there's nothing wrong with that. Well, no, there probably isn't as long as you can afford that. But then you don't have money to do anything else because you spend it all somewhere else. People that don't like to manage money don't like curse words like budget. <laughs> they, I mean, I know people. You know people. I got paid today. I can take three-quarters of my check, and I can buy this because I want it. There's nothing wrong with wanting nice things. But again, we have to learn how to live within our means and then how to, if it's something that we need, how to petition God for it. How to put wisdom with that. People who have their needs met are not so focused on money. They start figuring things out because they've put their hand to it. They are starting to see God work in their lives. If you're here today and you think money's evil, then I... I double-dog dare you, empty out all your accounts, get rid of it all. Nobody will do that. Money isn't moral or immoral. It can be used for good or evil. It is the heart behind it. It is the spirit behind the heart behind it, so to speak. Okay? So let's, let me just say this. Money simply amplifies what's in your heart. So let's talk about tithing. <laughs> the word tithe means tenth, or tenth part, or ten percent. There's always a controversy. Well, that's in the Old Testament. That's under law, and now I'm under grace. Grace is always more than that. So I could say, well, then you tithe more than ten percent. But there is scripture that says God doesn't change. Now, we do have Old Covenant and New Covenant, but in, uh, let me just say, the number 10 represents testing many times throughout in the Bible. When you see the number 10, there's a test involved. How many like tests in school? I did not even like pop quizzes. You go into a class, today we're having a pop quiz. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> but, you know, it meant there's a test involved. And that's why it's 10%, not 8%, not 12%. It's just 10%. So let me give you a few examples. You can answer these out loud, Okay. How many plagues were there in Egypt? How many times did God test Pharaoh's heart? How many commandments are there? How many times did God test Israel in the wilderness? How many times were Jacob's wages changed? How many days was Daniel tested? How many virgins were tested in Matthew 25? How many days of testing were mentioned in Revelation? Okay, we're getting there. How many disciples were there? Oh, somebody's paying attention. <laughs> just checking. There were 12 disciples. <laughs> so here's statistics show that the people, most people, that if they won the lottery, are off, often left worse in a couple years than they were before they won the money. They went bankrupt. The money controlled them. They didn't know how to manage it. They didn't know what to do with it. And they just dispersed it all out on other things. The love of money, shall we say, controlled them. What money does, it amplifies what's in your heart. Your heart is wrong. If you're poor, you get more money. It's not going to change your heart. It won't be right when you're rich. Let me give you a, a quick story. Now, years ago, this is many years ago, probably 25 or more, maybe, I don't know, 20 anyway, 25. We were in a restaurant, and Kim and I had just been blessed with somebody gave us money. We were in a pizza restaurant, because, after all, pizza is probably what Jesus would eat. <laughs> well, some of you, I don't know. <laughs> but anyways, uh, the waitress, we decided to start witnessing to the waitress. And she was very kind, and, and you could tell her heart was very heavy, and it was, I think it was around holiday time, maybe. And uh, she leaves to go get us refills or more napkins or something like that. And Kim P.K. leans over to me. She says, we need to tip her really well. We need to bless her. And I'm like, we, we just believe to be able to get here and eat. What are we going to bless her with? We don't have a whole lot. She's like, I know, but we need to bless her. I said, Now, I'm just being honest, okay? I'm not trying to hide anything. So, if you can see through me and see like, okay, this guy is, I'm just saying, I wasn't real deep. My compassion level was probably like what I'm about to share with you. I'm like, babe, like what? She said, we need to give her at least $50. I'm like, $50? Do you know what time of year this is? We're here because we got blessed with a gift card. We need to give her. And then this is what she said. Now, I know it makes me sound like I'm a, a nincompoop and she's a spiritual giant. <laughs> In most cases, that's probably true. <laughs> but she's, this is what she said. And it was as if the Lord had was inside her talking. She said, if we can't give when we don't have anything, we won't give when we do. That's, that's her exact words. And that hit me like... <laughs> So, so the, when the girl came back, we did everything we were supposed to do, and then we blessed her with $50. She immediately started crying. And we said, the Lord wants you to have this. We got to witness to her about Jesus, and we left that place, and I, was a l- I felt a little ashamed of myself, but yet I was, I was glad. See, now let me just say this. You don't always have to be right to turn things around. You have to be willing Okay? You have to be humble enough to go, I was wrong. We walk, walked out of that place. I didn't know, you know how that was going to affect us, but at that point, I didn't care because I was relying on God. Your heart, when it's right, you can be a blessing. The Lord told Abraham in Genesis 12:2, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I'm going to use a bunch of scriptures as we go through this. Ephesians 4.28, let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. That's saying the reason to work is to be able to give. That's what that scripture is saying. Most work so that we can live, not give. Just time to make the donuts. Just got to make the payment. But this is saying we should have a mindset of saying, I want to be able to have more than enough so I can give. 2 Corinthians 9 8, and God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you always have all sufficiency in all things. Everybody say all. May have an abundance, may have an abundance in every good work. So this describes biblical prosperity. Now the Lord's given me a vision for this place. He's given me dreams. I've had dreams where. Uh, and it, and it happened. I I had a dream about, I was, we were here and the place was packed and Carmen was here. And who did we have here? Yeah. And then it wasn't long after we had Carmen here. And I mean, the place was packed. It was right in the middle of COVID. I had people tell me, they're not going to let you have that. Police will be there. They're going to shut it down. They're not going to let anybody in the building. Did you know the police did not shut it down? We called the police. I invited the police to come. Because we didn't know what we were going, we didn't know, you know, if we needed crowd control and whatever. But they were just like thrilled that I had invited them in. We had people come in here right in the middle of COVID. We had masks and whatever that antibacterial hand wall. We had that everywhere, and we told people this: you come in here, we cannot tell you six feet. You can wear a mask or you don't have to wear a mask. That's up to you. We have them for you. We have antibacterial wipe or whatever. So people are in here probably taking baths with that stuff. (laughs) I don't know. But, man, this whole place was packed. Carmen and that sound and lights and everything was in here. Amazing. I had another dream, and the place again was packed was packed, and God just gave me a dream, and Pastor Gary had come, and there were people everywhere, and we were walking around, and he was looking at me, smiling, shaking his head, and he's like, where are we going to put everybody? And I was just like, I don't know. I mean, it was just an amazing dream. So he's given me visions about this church. I've seen the parking lot jammed with cars. PK has seen it it jammed with cars, where it's just there's people parked everywhere, multiple services, people coming from all over. Why? Because there's fruit. They're getting saved. They're getting delivered. They're getting healed. People are coming out of wheelchairs. Things are happening, and people are like, Oh, my word. (laughs) But to keep this building running, it takes money. It has utilities. Columbia Gas and Ohio Edison aren't saved. (laughs) The water company, even though we use them for baptism, they still want their money. (laughs) Plus, we have a mortgage. We had two mortgages when we bought this place. We had one almost $100,000 that we owed the Moose. We've paid that off. We only have the one that we owe Pataskala Bank, and we're paying that down. I'm believing it'll be gone. I've seen carnivals and fair stuff out in the parking lot. So as PK, we've seen concerts with just stages outside. Free concerts, I'm telling you. Things that the community will be like, oh my word. Carnival where we just give stuff away. People find out about the goodness of God. Sleigh rides in the Christmas time. Horse-drawn sleigh rides. A Christmas tree lot where we're giving Christmas trees away. Helping the city teaching people about the kingdom and how they can prosper. It doesn't just happen. We have to put our hand to it. It doesn't just appear. There isn't a money angel up in heaven that just shakes the tree (laughs) and money falls. You get my point. We have to take territory for the kingdom. We have to take our authority back. There's a better way to live, and by gumption, if God, as He helps me, we're going to show you how to do it. We still have to figure things out. We're still learning. We're never, Kim and I have never arrived, so I don't want you to think that I'm up here and you're down here. We are we're on an even playing field. I'm not speaking down to you. I'm just talking to you like I'm your friend. There is a better way to live. Jesus is real, and my friends, he is coming back. The reason for prosperity isn't so that you can get a bigger house and a nicer car and get gold plumbing and gold toilets and I know that that happens. Now, let me just say, I'm not really for gold toilets and gold plumbing. If you have a big house and a nice car, there's nothing wrong with having nice things. You just can't have nice things have you. Do you understand? You need to understand that God uses you so you can be a bigger blessing. So many times people think every preacher's just out for money. Just they'll criticize that just like they're giving out donuts. But if we pull this back, let's just I mean if we look at that motivation, the same people they're saying, "I have what I need. I don't need any more. I would never ask God for money." That, my friend, is a wrong mindset. That's selfish. Let me explain. You'd never have more to help others and share with them the kingdom. Once your needs are met, that's it. I don't care what you need. Mine are met. Bye. That's selfish. You don't care about anybody but yourself. You have to get past the mindset of the world. That mindset is greed. What if we changed our mindset today? What if today we started allowing God to teach us about being a blessing to others? Help us to put out the gospel. Help us to tell people about the kingdom of God. I've seen my wife buy things. I'm like, honey, we do not need that. I know. Why'd you get it? I don't know. I felt the Lord told me to buy it. But we don't need it. I know. So why did you get it? Because I felt the Lord told me to buy it. But we don't. Is there a record going on in you? But, you know, like three months later, somebody would say, we've been believing God for this thing. And she'd be like, I have that in my basement. What do you want for it? I don't want anything for it. I want you to take it. Blessing. I've watched my wife. She's watched me do it as well. She had one of those purses that Vera Bradley. I don't know who Vera is, but she's got purses. (laughs) And they were like a statement. And so all my girls... Kim and Mal, and they were all at one time in DeVera Bradley. And there's certain stores where you go and they carry the product. Not every store carries the product. (laughs) We were at uh, Pastor Gary's church, actually, and uh, somebody came up, which is now actually my son's mother in law, came up and she just kept telling Kim, she goes, I just love your purse. Now, I am not a girl, obviously. I mean, g- girls, girls are, I mean, do, do girls not just like look at each other and like, I will see what they're wearing. Oh, okay. That works. I mean, whatever. But she, I just love your purse. And she just told her that. And then the next time I saw Kim, Kim's got her arms like this and she's got lipstick and a hairbrush and everything's in her arms. I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, I got, I got to put this down. I'm like, where's your purse? She said, gave it away. <laughs> she gave her her purse. Because she felt the Lord, to, and you know, and within a short time she had I don't know two or three more Vera Bradleys just show up. Same things happened to me. I was at church. I was on staff. It was in the wintertime. Some guy every time I came in, man, I sure do like your suit jacket. Okay, happy for you. That's great. Right. I sure do like it. Hey, do you mind if I try it on? Okay. Try it on the one time. He did that, and the Lord said, let him keep it. And so he said, well, here, I better give it back to you. And I said, no, you're keeping it. He goes, thanks. (laughs) It was winter. That was what I used as my coat. Kim's like, you look cold. I am cold. Where's your coat? It's getting in that car over there. (laughs) You know, in a short time period, somebody came up and said, I'm supposed to take you. I don't know if still there's a store called Schottenstein's. I didn't tell him what store. That's not where I got the coat, but he said, I'm supposed to take him and buy you two blazers. Does that make sense to you? Okay, let's go. Why? Because we were geared by the Lord for to be a blessing. We're to help each other. I'm not saying every time somebody asks you for something, you need to give it. You need to listen because the enemy can try to twist that too. He'll make you give everything away and then laugh at you because you didn't listen to God. Been there, done that too. So let's get the gospel. Let's get the kingdom. We all have needs, and we all know that sometimes needs to be met cost money. But be a blessing, or maybe the Lord wants to use you for something. You have a full inheritance. You are co-heirs with Christ. 2 Corinthians 8, 9, For you know the grace of the Lord Jesus, that though he was rich for your sakes, he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. People have told me, and maybe you've heard it too, That's not meaning you're talking about money. Yes, it is. That's what it's exactly talking about. Every verse in 2 Corinthians in both chapters eight and nine, they're talking about money. I'm not saying that he's not gonna do more than just give you money or make you prosperous. You can have some emotional healing, stability, relationship healing. I mean, there's all kinds of things you can add in that, but money is one of those. But don't take it out of context. If you don't line up with the word, That's why it's not working for you. It has to line up with the word of God. So if you take the text out of the context, all you have left is a con. (laughs) Jesus became poor so that we through his poverty might be made rich. Remember I said his train fills the temple. What must his robe be like? We've never seen him in his, we've only seen him in his poverty. I mean, if you think about it, Money is a tool. Don't let money control you. You control it. It's an authority issue and a legal issue with whatever you put your hand to. And so many times in, in our lives, and we don't do this anymore, but we let money dictate to us what we can or cannot do. The Word of God says we're supposed to tithe and give offerings above that. You might be sitting here today and maybe watching online. I forgot to welcome you, so welcome. Uh, and you let money tell you what you can't do. And I have been there, done that before. You let money convince you that you can't afford to tithe, you can't afford to give, you need it, you'll give to God, but first got to see if you can meet this bill. Mortgage, whatever. Groceries have gone up. Have they not gone up? Gas has gone up and down, but you know, people, what are we gonna do when it's this? We're gonna trust God. That's what we're gonna do. That's what we've been doing all along. Money is speaking. You need to understand, it speaks very loud. It's dictating to you. What if God told you, you see that person, I want you to give them a hundred dollars. And if you were like, well, my checkbook says I can't. And I'm not saying you you should write him a check that bounces. But I'm saying, then tell tell God, show me how to get past this. Show me how to get past this. Because if I can't follow God, that's sin. God must be first. That's going to be our topic next week. I'm going to show you why God has to be first. I know you don't want me to say that. Well, uh, pastor, I don't I give what I can when I can. I get that. And, and I'm I'm sure that's that's wonderful, but that's not biblical. See, I'm trying to tell you that God wants to bless you financially. But you cannot make money your God because money will try to tell you totally the opposite. It tells you what you can't do. You can't tithe. You can't give offering. You can't be generous. You can't help your church. You can't give to that person. You can't do this. You can't do that. You are a slave to money. Money, again, is a tool. Let me just say, you know, I told the uh, <clears throat> the core, the dream teamers, and the uh, that we were believing God because we've cleaned out. You know, the, the they had old stuff and we sold the commercial stuff in the kitchen, but we wanted just a, a electric stove and a refrigerator. Uh, there's a little refrigerator in there, and I'm going to bless somebody with it because we're about to. We've already been blessed with another one that's coming next week. So, I'm not going, I'm just going to, I mean, it'd be great for a garage, or if you don't have one in your house, but it's not a big one, and it ain't nothing to shout about. But it does cool things, and it does freeze things, so, if that's you, you come and see me, and I'll, we'll make arrangements, but anyway, I'm, I'm going to show you when this whole series is over, what we do, and what we believe the kingdom says, what the word says, how to petition the Lord and how to do things and how to believe, to receive when you pray and how it shows up. We'll get there. We'll do it together. How's that? I'll show you what happens. People always ask me, like, how did that happen? How, what did you do? I'll show you exactly what Kim and I do. Fair enough? Let's look at Luke 16:1. But anyway, to go back to the story, God has already provided for the refrigerator. And today he just provided for the stove. So all we have to do is go pick them up and then have wonderful people like Rob and Tom or Rick install them. (laughs) Those wise men that are sitting right there (laughs) and make everything work. So you think I do that? No, I got people that they're wonderful. I don't know. I know how to plug things in. I do. I'm good at that. But let's look at Luke 16 one. He also said to his disciples, there was a certain rich man who had a steward and an accusation was brought to him that this man was wasting his goods. So I want to stop for a second and emphasize this man was a steward. Remember, we started out talking about stewardship and ownership. He was a steward. It means that he ran the financial affairs of the owner, the rich man. So the money he controlled wasn't his own. He wasn't doing what he was supposed to do it wasn't his to do with as he wanted to it was up to the owner how many understand that he is just doing what the owner is saying his responsibility was to the boss he is supposed to be using the money by the master's guidelines and the reason he got into trouble in the accusation was because he was using the money for himself instead of what his master said Do we understand okay i'm going to get three volunteers real quick i'm going to use john in the back I know you're just anxious, aren't you? Come here, John. Come here. Uh, I'm going to use Paul. I'm going to use Rick. <laughs> if Rick, Rick turns a Char, I knew he was going to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> come, come up here, guys. Come up here. Turn around and face these wonderful people. You stand side by side. The three amigos right there. Okay. Now, here's the illustration. Here's the illustration I want you to catch. I'm gonna pretend I'm the the owner of and I'm going away, but I want to make sure that PK is taken care of, Pastor Kim. So I'm gonna give each one of these guys ten thousand dollars a month. This is just an illustration. <laughs> And then <laughs> Palms getting sweaty there, John. <laughs> so, so all I'm asking them to do is to take 10% of that $10,000, $1,000, and give it to her every month. They can keep the $9,000 and do whatever they want with it. That's a pretty good deal, isn't it? So this is what's great. So I, I, I check with Paul. Paul, here's your 10. John, here's your 10. Rick, here's your 10. So I go away, and I get with PK on the phone. He said, hey, I left those guys in charge. How's it going? This is Kim's report. She said, well, well, Paul, he's just like clockwork, man. Every month, he gives me $1,000. It's right there. It's awesome. I said, what about Rick? She goes, Rick, $2,000. He gives me $2,000. I said, that's awesome. How about John? She said, well, (laughs) let's talk about John. (laughs) This is just an illustration, (laughs) okay? (laughs) So John, she said, well, the first month, John gave me 700. The second month, he gave me five. I haven't seen anything since then. And I said, really? All right, give these guys a big hand, would you? You guys can go back to your seats. Just go back to your seat, John. <laughs> now, <laughs> as the guy that has the money, what am I gonna do with that? I mean, think about it. Am I gonna continue to give, now again, just an illustration, John would be faithful with that money. But would I continue to give John money? No, because he's not doing anything that I ask. I'm gonna take the $10,000 I gave John, I'm gonna give it to Rick why because rick is going above and beyond he's giving her two thousand i only ask for one because i can trust him because he's a good listen he's a good steward of the money i'm giving let me let me bring this into today jesus has gone away and he wants us to take care of his bride what is the bride the church So every time we make money as a job or whatever, we actually, we kind of are getting tested. What do we do with it? Is it ours? Or are we being a good steward to what God wants us to do? You realize how personal this is to Jesus? He, wants, he loves the church, for God so loved the world. You are the church, the people. That's how he takes tithing. Everything that we have is his. So when we get paid, we're telling Jesus what we think of him, how much we love him, how much we love the church because of him. Because we're not giving to man, we're really giving to God. But the problem that comes with money is wrong thinking and believing. We've been fooled into it's ours. And we can do with it whatever we want. Now, that's why when, you, when we receive offering, you'll hear me say, we are willingly taking it out of one kingdom and putting it into the other. There's a reason I'm doing that, because this is a legal issue. You have authority, because the money is in your care, to do with it what you will. God's not going to stop you. This is all about your heart. God's word says tithe and offering. Now let me explain, when I say that, he's not trying to get things from you. He's trying to create a way to get things to you through you. You remember when I said I'm going to give Rick the 10,000 I took from John? It, Rick has proven himself as a good channel. As a good steward. Now, again, just a joke. So John would do the same. So I would, just so you know. <laughs> this is about jurisdiction. This is about the kingdom of God. And what you have legally. If we operate in kingdom principles. I want to break free from the enemy's grasp. Don't you? I don't want to have that stuff. I don't want to have the enemy have any hold. Well, if God says give, I want to respond with, you bet. Yes, sir. How do you want me to do that? And he knows my bank account. So, you know, he, I just have to follow him. Many of us, well, Second Corinthians 9, 7, is, let each one give as he purposes in his what? Heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Now, I have given not cheerfully before. I hate to admit it, but it's true. I have slapped down money as if it was just like, ooh, I don't like it. I've, I was in a service, and God told me I had $10, and we got to church with the tank on W for walk. And I'm thinking, oh, we got to get gas. So I'm already dividing up whatever I'm going to need for gas. We had Mallory at the time. I don't even know if Zach was there. It's just Mal. We got to I, you know, not like I couldn't miss a meal, but we, you know, think about eating. <laughs> so, you know, I'm thinking, I have 10 bucks, And, man, the Lord was just, I could just hear him saying, put the $10. Just give me the $10. I'll show you. Give me the $10. i will show you. Bring. I'll show you. And I turned to Kim. Big mistake. <laughs> I feel like I'm supposed to give the, that's not really, I'm being facetious, but I'm supposed to give the $10. And she said, give it. So this is what I did. Literally, they had those gold plates. Hated those things. Because everybody could see everything you put in them. You know, I just hated that. And I, I've been guilty of this before. So I'm just being honest. Have you ever just put an, an empty envelope in there so people just thought you put something? Come on, you heathen. You know you're telling me. <laughs> I am not the only one that's ever done that. <laughs> I was in one church one time, and they, they had everybody come up, and, and they had big pots up there, and they, they had everybody march up while they played a song, and everybody put their thing in the, you know, like it was a ritual. And I asked the pastor, I said, "Do you always do that? He goes, oh, yeah. I said, do you get a more, I mean, is the offering's good? He goes, well, we get a lot of empty envelopes. <laughs> because if you don't walk up, people know you didn't give anything. So they'll just take the envelope. <laughs> you know? So we find ways around it. But she said, give it. And so this is why I took the $10, they put that plate by, and I went, slapped that thing in there. I was not happy. She tried to hold my hand, I didn't want to hold her hand. That's mad. Got out to the foyer, and an older gentleman, Came up. Now, I don't know if he saw me slap that in there. I have no idea. But this is, he shook my hand, gave me one of those, they used to call those Pentecostal handshakes. You feel something in their hand, you know? And I'm like, that was one of the first things I ever that ever happened to me. And he pulled me in and he said, The Lord told me to give this to you. And then he looked at me, smiled, and, you know, yeah, older folks that are, they just look really cool and then they give you that wink. I mean, just like a, it almost cements everything they just did. Like, okay, yeah, you've got to be an agent of God. I don't know. He winked. But I pulled back, and it was $10, the exact amount I put in. And as soon as I opened it up, the Lord said, I can get it back to you just as soon as you give it. And I remember my face probably was like, oh, my gosh. I remember telling Kim and she just looked at me and smiled. Then I wanted to hold her hand, she wouldn't hold mine. No, that's not true. That's not true. But when God says give, you need to be able to give. You need to be able to do what He tells you. Purpose in your heart. Many of us choose. Everybody say choose. We, we choose so many times what we give to and what we don't give to. We choose to follow ourselves and not obey. Even though His Word says to, I, I choose to wait. We say, I can't afford to tithe. And then we put our wisdom above God's. It's no wonder we don't prosper. Why he isn't blessing. You got to understand his kingdom, king's dominion, is run by a king. And that kingdom is run by laws. Those laws do not change. You cannot change them. Doesn't matter if you protest. Doesn't matter if you kick and scream. Doesn't matter how much you beg. The laws do not change. Doesn't matter your opinion. Isn't that great? You're not going to change God. He's already done everything He needs to do for you. Your opinion needs to line up with His because He's not changing His. His is law. He set them up, period. So I want us to adopt a new mindset this week being a steward. This is God's money. Everything I've got my car, my house, my clothes, my jewelry, my savings, whatever I have, it's all God's. You might say, Well, God didn't give this to me. I worked for it, I got paid. I don't care what you think. God gave you the ability to work, He gave you the job. They're putting you on their payroll. And if you're a believer, they're putting you on your payroll, and you can tell people about God. Well, they don't like me. Well, then you live it, live out loud. He gave you that job. You represent his kingdom. He has you on earth for such a time as this. Is this not still America? You live in America, land of opportunity. One idea, one concept that God could give you could just put you out of where you're at and start your own business or do whatever. I just heard Jay Ray say, and I won't say the business because he didn't give me permission to say it, but he said, oh, I've always wanted to do this. I'm going to believe God will grant his dream." I mean, just it's, you're, you're allowed to dream. What would that be like? What would you do if you were doing what you loved? God, what is that? How does that look? You see, we forget to dream because we're slaves. Slaves don't dream. They just dream of Friday, the weekend. We work hard for the money. We just dream for the time for break. But people that walk in the kingdom are free to dream. They're free to dream. What would happen if we said, God, you're my source. Nothing else is my source. This job, that's not my source. When I I give God, it's all his anyway. But when we we gladly give 10% back and more. And I'll show you things as we go through this. The first portion sanctifies the rest. It's not mine, it's his. God doesn't operate in the world system. He's not reading to see what Dow Jones is doing. S&P 500. That's Wall Street. God's economy is way different. So the reason for giving is to recognize that God is our source. Talk is cheap. Doing, that's a whole nother level. We can talk about it. But what about works? What about putting action with your faith? Words can be hollow. You think it's all up to you. I'll give this money away, and how am I going to make it? Well, there is the promise that God said. Luke 38, Given it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over, men will or will it be put into your bosom? For the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. You control the harvest. See, in the natural, if we give away money and we don't have enough, we're just like, that doesn't make any sense. We're moving away from what we want. But since God is the one that provides, and it's his money, I can plant it, I can sow it, I can believe for it, and it can come back a hundredfold or more. And it says he can provide for all of my needs, according not to my riches, to his riches. He would multiply things. He promised a hundred times in this lifetime. I like that. Mark 10, 13, 31. Who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time? Houses, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and lands. With persecutions and in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last and the last first. So you have to back up what you say. If you're a believer... Show God how much you, not by, now listen, don't get all caught up. I'm not talking about works. I mean, it sounds like I'm talking about works. This is, I'm talking about heart, okay? You have to have something, you have to believe that you back up what you say. So, faith without works. I'm not saying this isn't about grabbing a hold of beads and you're doing your penance and doing, um, did I just say that? Yeah. This isn't about that. God is your source. You trust him by acting on what the word says to do. And let me just say this He doesn't need your money, you need him. Now, he might use people in their finances, yes, but he's using, you're opening up channels for him to get more things to you, through you, not away from you. I'm gonna use my authority and choose to do it God's way. I want him to flow through me in any way that he can. Remember, you are a steward, and it's, it is his money. We started that in the beginning. Now, this next week, I want to I talk to you about why it matters to put him first. Matthew talks about seek first the kingdom, but why first is important. Because God has to be number one. If he's going to be your source, you only have one. You understand? If you God before me, who can be against me? This morning and in the next several weeks, I'm going to do my best to lay this open as plain as you can see it. I want you to be able to see that and go, God, I'm in, I'll do it, whatever you say. Can I tell you, it's not always easy because if it was easy, everybody would do it. You know, there's needs that this church has and we took that special offering. I already wrote the checkout to give and I already made it out to Faith Life and you know why? Because I will not use it for anything else. But that doesn't mean that my flesh goes, oh. But we could, I mean, even before the money came in for the refrigerator and the stove, we could take some of that money, but that's not what we said, is it? And that's not what he told us. So I will not. You see, it's it doesn't matter who you are, it matters whose you are. I still have those same flesh struggles that you have. What could we use this for? Why well, we could. We could redo some of the youth room, we could and we will. But not with this money. Because this is already geared and going to something that he told us. He has told us things that have been very hard because the only way I could have an answer was him. He has told me at different times, Kim and I, I need you to give, there would be several thousand dollars. I need you to write that. And I need you to give that to the church. I'd be like, that's painful. No, you ever tell God, no, it's not like he's shocked. You ever think anything ever shocked God? He's not like, didn't see that coming. No, he's God, he, you know. But I'm like, Lord, I. part of that money's Christmas. I don't know what we're going to do. And he'd just be, trust me. But God, and he'd be quiet. Because he wouldn't stop me if I didn't. See, that's what we, we there's, that's the mentality of some people. I'm going to throw the money up in the air. God, if you want the money, any money you keep in the air, you can have. Any that hits ground's mine. That's almost our mindset. You, you choose who this day you will follow. You choose your authority. So Kim and I wrote out the check, and our kids. It was getting around Christmas time. You know, wasn't a whole lot of time left. They're all excited. Oh, it's going to be a great Christmas. It's going to be a great Christmas. And I'm thinking, it's going to be a great Christmas. It wasn't even, probably not even two weeks and somebody knocked on our door. Nobody knew what we did. Pastor, I don't know if this makes any sense to you. I'm supposed to give you this check for Christmas? And the check was for over $1,200. And Christmas was on again. Not that we ever told the kids it was off. But inside, boy, there's a war going on. But we were able to do whatever God wanted us to do. And then he continued to bless us and bless us and bless us. My friends, I don't have all the answers, but I know who holds them. And I do know this. You will not go wrong by following him. The enemy is always after the word, the seed. And we get our mind on the dirt the dirt just holds the word the enemy wants the word because in the dirt that's you it gets incubated that's where it starts changing that's where the roots start going down hold on to the word in these next several weeks i promise you this we'll talk about money and i i think if you listen at least I, you don't appear to be offended today but you'll have knowledge of the kingdom. And you'll have a desire to say, God, I want what you have for me. I want to be a blessing. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes?